Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello and welcome to the Glojo podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and I am so excited to have you here. I have an amazing conversation lined up with the wonderful Tracy Matthews today. And this is a conversation that you're going to want to listen to if one, you're a business owner, and you are just in the weeds and you are really trying to figure out how the heck do you remove yourself from the day to day so that you can work on your business instead of in your business. This episode is also for you if you, you know, define yourself as creative or visionary. I think that you'll feel very seen, heard, understood, and you'll get a lot of value from this. And thirdly, this episode is for you if you are on the fence and you're thinking about starting a business or you know you have a few ideas that you want to test maybe not a full blown business but something on the side and you don't know where to start Tracy shares her incredible filtering questions that you will find so valuable to help you gain clarity on what to focus on first I am very excited to share this episode with you today Tracy has been in business for well over a decade, closer to two decades, I believe, and she's a jewelry designer. She's also the founder of Flourish and Thrive Academy. This is a successful seven-figure business that is dedicated to helping jewelry designers and makers and creative people with physical products um, really get their stuff out there into the world in a powerful way. So she's definitely a businesswoman full of a ton of advice, much of which she shares today on this episode. She is the founder of Creatives Rule the World, and she also has a podcast called Thrive by Design. And when we recorded this episode, she was close to a million downloads. I hope she gets there soon. So go follow her podcast and download it. And Yeah, enjoy the episode. Stay tuned because at the end, I'm going to do a recap and share some glow notes. There is so much value in this episode that I want to make it as easy as possible for you to remember those ahas and the highlights so that you can take it and implement it in your life and continue to grow your tool belt. That's what the Glow Joe is all about. All right. Oh yeah, really quick. And if you are not on my newsletter yet, make sure you go sign up for my newsletter go to www.theglowjoe.com. That's I share updates on a weekly basis about the podcast, but about other things too. And I'd love for you to join me there and let's continue to build this amazing community. All right. With that being said, let's dive into the episode for today. Enjoy, and I will see you on the other side. Okay. Welcome to the Glowjo, Tracy. It's so great to have you here today. Oh my gosh, Leon! I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Yay! Woohoo! Me too. I know I just shared this with you, but every time when I sit down to think about what do I want to talk to Tracy about, basically it's everything. I'm like, maybe she can be a recurring guest every month or something because you, I, yeah, you're just incredible. You're a jewelry designer. 
that has always been my dream to have a jewelry line. So eventually one day I will be like, Tracy, teach me how. Um, You're the founder of Flourish and Thrive Academy, where you teach jewelry designers how to build really successful businesses. You founded Creatives Rule the World. And I remember we were at a business event in San Diego and someone's like, you've got to meet her. And I think that we had our paths had crossed before, but I was like, wait, jewelry designer and Creatives Rule the World? This woman is destined to be in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I feel like I've had a little business girlfriend crush on you for sure. And I'm excited to chat with you today and we'll see where this goes because I know I have a lot of questions. I am excited to see where it goes. And, you know, I, Leon, we've met a couple of times, like, yeah. and then we were at, a, now we're friends, but we were at an event and uh, we were at Ron's event. And then we were uh, in baby bathwater and then we went to Hawaii together. Yes. And there's been so many fun things that we've done together. And it's, I just have to give you a compliment because it's been really fun to watch your journey and your evolution. And I'm so proud of you for launching this podcast because Thank you. it's so amazing. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, we've okay. Let's just like Croatia, San Diego, Hawaii. Where will we meet up next? I really like the pattern we have going on. <laughs> I hope it's like Sedona. Come to Arizona. Oh, we'll yeah. go hang out before Texas. The yeah, spiritual- I, I love it. When Canadians can travel to the U.S. again, <laughs> right? Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. And thank you. And you have a podcast too, and you're close to a million downloads. Yes, it's called Thrive oh. by Design. Um, it is catered around a product-based business or a jewelry design business. It, it works for anyone who's selling a physical product. But basically, I interview like well-known designers, interview our students. We talk about strategies that work for e-commerce and all sorts of revenue streams when you're selling selling jewelry or another product. And I've had it, gosh, I think this we're like in the fifth year. Wow. I can't, maybe six years. It, we're, we're at 300 and something episodes now. And it's, we've been releasing episodes every single week. I don't even think we've skipped an episode yet. So Wow. That's goals. I'm getting chills and I'm excited for you to reach 1 million. I was excited when I got a thousand. I was like, Woo-hoo! <laughs> and so I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. You know, as a podcaster, like it's, it's easy to compare yourself to other people, you know, because I feel like I should have 5 million by now. I've been around for a long time, but because I have such a sort of niche podcast, I'm not reaching a broad audience. And so I'm told that our success and the number of downloads and listens per episode are in the top 10th percentile of all podcasts of all times. So I'll take that, but you know, I'm excited to eventually launch the Creatives Rule the World podcast because that's more of a broader conversation. You'll be a guest when I do it. Well, I'm excited. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about. And yeah, I think everything you're doing is amazing. So let's get started. I have so many different things I want to talk to you about. So First of all, I want to start with the spicy one. <laughs> In my recent creeping, I watched a video and you basically said, fuck the rules. F the rules, follow the joy. Are you living in choice versus obligation? And I was like, oh my God, this is such a great topic. So what are your thoughts around this? Because I believe we can live from choice. We always have a choice and we can choose to do things from a place of inspiration. Sometimes we do things from desperation. Um, <laughs> we can choose. And then, but then there's the obligation, there's the guilt, there's the I have to's. And then there's mm. the reality of life and running a business and, you know, having to do things that we might not want to do. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of this. 
Yeah. Well, it's been a constant exploration for me because honestly, we are always like teaching what we need to learn ourselves. Right. So I'm just going to be honest here. Like the last uh, year and a half, there has been a lot of things that I've been doing in the business world out of obligation instead of out of choice, because I have a commitment to my audience and community and the situation is what it is. I can't control that there has been a global pandemic or mm-hmm. any of the things that are that have been happening in the world. And so I, kn- I know that because of that, there were certain things that I had to do that it, I felt like I had to do instead of that I wanted to do to try and, you know, pivot during this global pandemic. But with that being said, over the past many, many years, I've been really focusing on personal development and growth and getting to a place where you're operating out of choice. And this has been a huge conversation in our household uh, because my boyfriend, Jason Ayers, he was a brilliant uh, mindset coach and coach for visionary entrepreneurs who are trying to like actually scale and grow their business. He coaches me. He also is consulting for me right now because he's, he's just amazing. This has been a conversation in our house because when we met, there was this big thing going on for both of us where we'd not really been in relationships that were really serving us or helping us become better people and grow. And so that conversation about operating from a place of choice instead of obligation actually started there with that relationship. But then it started filtering out into everything else that you do because you know when creatives get stuck or visionaries get stuck or they feel like they're completely operating out of obligation instead of choice, what ends up happening is your creativity gets completely drained mm-hmm. and the good ideas kind of disappear. So it's really, really important that if you can identify and notice when you're in that space to slow down for a minute and just be honest with yourself about what's happening and, and get to a place where you can bring the excitement back. So for instance, um, I'm just going to share a goal. Like one of the things that I'm working on in in my company is removing myself from so much from the day-to-day of Flourish and Thrive Academy so I can focus on doing some fun things with Creators Rule the World. I've been getting some massive downloads about the direction of that company. And sometimes, you know, we have to do it because it's just part of owning business. It's part of being in the business world. You have to go in and maybe shift and change and do some things to smooth out an operation, right? And so I, I don't like some of the stuff that I'm, I'm being, I don't want to say forced to do because I, I have a choice. I can do it or not do it, but like that I feel obligated to do. But I know that when I can come to at it with a place of excitement, you know, to streamline our marketing and streamline some of the operational stuff that's happening and clean up some of the stuff that from the past that was never really probably set in the right way in the beginning, I know that I'm doing it out of choice now because I know that the outcome is going to allow me to do some of the other things that I want to do. And so it, I think that, you know, that post that I did was really in a moment where I was like, all right, I'm going for this. Like I'm going to, I'm getting into a place of choice, doing these things that I don't necessarily want to do. I'm also changing a lot of things in a good way. Maybe changing is the wrong world, but like more like optimizing things in a way, because I know that that's going to allow me more freedom down the road to remove myself from some of the day-to-day stuff that I'm doing. And it's hard because it's always a battle. I am super highly creative. I don't know how you identify, Leanne, but like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm on the spectrum. (laughs) I'm on on the creative spectrum, that's for sure. (laughs) I I identify as a highly creative. I'm also a visionary. And, you know, I think sometimes the way that I, I 
launch and start businesses, which have been many at this point, is sort of in this mode of creative chaos because like all the ideas are coming in fast and I'm like whipping them together. And the operations side, like I'm a 10 on quick start on the Colby and like systems follow through. Everything is like a two. I'm a nine. Oh my gosh. Like you're speaking my language. I now identify definitely highly creative visionary and I'm a nine on the quick start with like really not a lot else. And I'm like, how is this going to turn out? (laughs) I'm really not sure. I have a friend who, if anyone here listening to this understands the Colby, I have a friend who is like, a nine on quick start and a nine on follow through and like an eight on fact finder. I'm like, you are like a really weird person. Because that's, that's a unicorn. That's yeah. a unicorn. That's not, not normal. Usually you're like high normal. on quick start, low on everything else, or like low on quick start, high on everything else. And yeah, anyway, that's funny. Little sidebar. So I forgot where we were, but that whole post was really inspired because I think yeah. a lot of people feel like this, they're creative and they feel this heavy energy around doing things that they feel obligated to do. And this can filter out into any, any part of your life. Right. But if you can create some excitement about those things and really understand the reason why you're putting yourself through that, because it is a lot of work. Building a business is a lot of work. And a lot of, I've, I've worked with so many creatives over the years, like the last we've had flourish and thrive Academy now for, or I have for almost nine years, we're coming up on our nine year anniversary. And I've seen and done it all from the super ambitious people who have it dialed in to the ones who are just like, I want to do this, but like, it's so painful for them because they have to do things that are outside of the real house. And so I think the more that you can get into a place of choice saying like, I understand the reasons that I'm doing this. And even though it's not something that I like to do, um, I'm going to push through with it. Or how can I reframe it and basically fuck the rules to yeah. get to a place where um, this can be fun? and elegant at the same time. I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing. And there is a reality to it. And that's why when I saw this concept and when I saw there's choice and obligation, and I know personally, I don't want to live my life doing the things that I should do or I have to do or from obligation. But the reality is, is there are times when we need need to do these things. And so what I really love that you said is that you brought it back to one, it was your value of freedom. And then you talked about really your reason why. And I think that when we can connect with like, what is the reason why we're doing this? The things that you don't like doing become less painful. And if you can, and if you know that you're doing these things right now to set yourself up for the future, for this future life, for future freedom, for future, whatever that why is, well, it becomes a lot easier to get through the trenches. It's so true. And I think that's really important. And you look at Instagram and you see all these people, they're like, ah, I'm so happy all the time. Everything's perfect. My business is perfect. In fact, I have a good friend who's like this. And sometimes I'm like, ah, mm." she's one of those people who literally nothing really ruffles her feathers. And Mm. she is, she teaches people how to get publicity and guest blog. Her name's Susie Moore. If If you're not following her, she is amazing. And she's super inspiring, but it's annoying because she really has this, this idea so dialed in that like, she's like, ah, well, you know, I'm just going to do whatever feels good and like move in that direction all the time. And she is always in like the law of attraction vortex. And it's like, wow, it's hard sometimes for people to get there. And I, and I think it's important that when you can really dial in to, okay, here's the purpose behind this. Here's what I, why I want to do it, all these things and stay positive and focused on, on the good things then great things happen. And you also have to remember that 
with the exception of Susie, I will give her that, that most people like their Instagram feeds or what you see in the real world are not indicative of what's actually happening in their business or behind the scenes or in their lives. No one's going to post their biggest meltdowns and traumas like on publicly on social media. I recently saw someone do this and like actually posted in the moment And it was, it was uncomfortable, but there was the response that he received was actually so beautiful and there was so much support there, but you're right. We don't see, we don't post that. Like there's, I mean, some people do, but yeah, but, but for the most part we don't. And so thank you for the reminder. Social media does not equal reality. And while we can be intentional about how we want to show up every day, we're humans. We're here to learn. We all have our lessons. We all have our shit. And we're going to have different challenges that come up along the way. And I think it's like when we can just actually be like, okay, cool, this is happening and not let it totally... I used to just let things totally spiral. And I like ah, (laughs) get all that chaotic energy going on. But it's like, wait, I can choose a different way. And I'm slowly becoming better at not letting everything ruffle my feathers, so to speak. It sounds like you've worked with a lot of people who are in the beginning phases of starting a business and building a creative business. And so I'm really curious, what are the most common, let's say, hangups or challenges that people have when they really decide, okay, I have this hobby or this skill set or this passion, and I actually want to make money doing this? Well, I think the first thing is to get really clear on the people you serve, like who do you want to serve? And the second piece of this is what's the offer? I mean, that's like prettybasic.com. But I think like a lot of people, especially in the coaching world, I feel like I had an advantage. Like I had one skill set. Like I came from the jewelry world and I was like, I already, I know how to run a jewelry business. I know how to not do it or how to do it the wrong way because my first business failed and got wiped out in 2008 after the market crashed. And then I rebuilt another business and did it the right way. And, or, I mean, I did both in the right way, <laughs> but things that I did that set it up actually put it in jeopardy when yeah. the market kind of crashed. So I had a very specific skill set. I always feel bad for people who have this like really broad idea, like, oh, I want to inspire people to do great things or something like that. But I mean, what are you going to actually teach them? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I know, I know. But I do like, I actually do really want to inspire people, but then I do have things I can teach too. But I can relate to, I can relate to that. And then being in the marketing world, you know that you need to be specific. What is that thing that you want to do? And so, what did you say? There was the offer and knowing who you want to serve. And I think the most important thing is when you're kind of in that process of exploration and trying to find clarity is to get help. I think the biggest mistake people make is that they try to just like swap around and figure it out like on their own. And there is something to be said. This is a lesson I did not learn until I was almost 40 years old. I just turned 50 a couple of weeks ago when we, before recording this. And happy, happy belated even... birthday. And you look amazing. I still don't believe you, but anyways, <laughs> honestly, I think the reason why I look young is because I don't have kids because my siblings that have kids, they look great. But it's definitely uh, a difference because I'm not stressed about my kid jumping in the pool and killing themselves or something. You know what I mean? Like falling in their pool or whatever parents think about. I have stepkids now, but that's a little different Different. because they're teenagers. Yeah. 
anyway, back to what I'm saying is like this, one of the things I didn't really real understand or realize until about 12 years ago, I think I was about 38. It was during this time of like reinvention is had I, or like between 36 and 38, had I gotten support and help earlier when I was started experiencing problems in my business or when I had a lack of clarity or when I just needed someone to give me feedback, so much would have changed in my experience. I probably wouldn't have Flourish and Thrive Academy because I would have a, um, a eight or nine figure jewelry company. Um, and I would have probably continued down that road. And I do believe that everything happens for a reason. So I'm super fine with the path that I'm on. I think it's amazing. And I'm excited about things that I'm going to be launching and developing in the next year and stuff like that. However, um, I didn't actually get help in, or hire a consultant in, t- in my jewelry company, even though I interviewed people many, many times along that 11-year path, because I started my first business in the 90s, was I kept saying no, because I didn't think I could afford it, instead of understanding that I couldn't not afford it. And what I mean by that is that <laughs> originally the $500 a month that I was going to pay a consultant would have probably saved me years of time, a ton of money, and a lot of um, uncovering what I didn't know. Because like we all have things that we don't know that we don't know. I mm-hmm. borrow that, that saying from my friend Robin Kramer. And, uh, and so we keep spinning our wheels and doing all this stuff that we think we're supposed to do or we should do or that's what everyone else is doing. And so we're just like kind of following the same footsteps or we're just thinking that that's what we should be doing instead of really understanding like, oh, well, if you did, and a great example of this is developing streamlined systems or workflows or whatever in your business. This might seem obvious to a lot of people, but we've been interviewing for a customer service position at Flourish and Thrive Academy. And the girl that we're supposed to hire, she works for two major corporations. And she's like, they didn't give me any training or any systems on how I'm supposed to do things. I had to make it all up myself. So it's, it's phenomenal. I feel like sometimes this feels basic, but a lot of people don't understand. About year five or six at uh, my first jewelry company, I hired this bookkeeper and she's like, you know, it would really help is if you develop systems in your business to streamline the way things are done. I was like, can't you just develop the systems for me? And she's like, well, I could, but if I did, then um, you would never use them and it's just be a waste of time and money. And, you know, one of the things that I think it's really hard for creative types is to just document your way of doing things or document things so that if you ever wanted to hire someone, they could come in and actually take over a part of your business for you. Like customer service is a great example. The yeah. more you can document your thought process and how things are done, amazing. Same thing with marketing. If you wanted to bring in a social media intern or something like that, document your thought process and your ways of doing things so that they understand and get can get inside your brain. Otherwise, it's just you're going to have this big disconnect and a lot of frustration. And then you'll always be stuck in that loop of being in in obligation instead of choice, yeah. because you're not really freeing yourself up. And those are the types of things that I wish I would have had someone actually to sit down with early on in business to say, here are the things that you need to do, follow them or don't. But I will tell you that if you do follow uh, and do it your way, you know, you don't have to follow someone else's way, but do it your way. The amount of frustration and the time that you'll save and the money that you'll save will be exponential in the short and the long run. And so I think that's something that's really important that if you are thinking about starting a new business or launching an idea, find a community, find a coach, find someone that you can work with to help you ideate. 
And there's great people at all stages in business. You know, like I've worked with people in the startup phase and also in the scale and growth phase. And there's amazing brilliance with both of those. And there's a ton of coaches who specialize in, or and even consultants who specialize in all different phases of growth for different types of companies. So definitely seek that out. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm being reminded of a conversation that I had with a friend earlier this week. And she said, I just want to know how you thrive when you're supported. And I think that the support can show up in different ways for all of us, but having support, especially in business, it makes a huge difference. And I'm actually going through right now, creating processes for this podcast and processes because of course I have this huge vision. (laughs) I'm like, well, there's this, but then there's going to be this and this and this and this and this. And it's slowly trickling out. And I really am going through How do I link all of these different things together? And what are the steps that are going to need to happen for someone to be able to support me? And right now I'd say I'm figuring things out, but getting in the process of like, okay, now let's make a process for this and let's make a process for this. And it feels so freeing. I've never been one for SOPs when I've worked with companies before and they're like, create an SOP. I'm like, oh God, this is so boring. But I see the liberation that can come from taking the time to just document what you do. Because then, like you said, you don't need to stay doing that because you're going to have a roadmap for someone to come in and do those things for you so that you can free up your time and focus on the things that really light you up, that get the creativity flowing and that are going to truly grow your business and um, mm-hmm. put like really help you stand out from from everyone else because you'll be able to just be you. <laughs> so That's so and- true. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is that the more that you can free up your time to focus on the creative energy work, the like more your business is going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about, I don't know, there's cre. I just love creativity. It is, it's a lot of fun. And sometimes I'm like, where is this going? I really don't know. And then it all starts to make sense. This keeps coming to mind. So I'm just going to trust it. What limiting beliefs do you see or like some of the common, yeah, just like whether it's like the I'm not organized enough. And maybe that's a personal one I've had, but I'm not organized enough or I'm not, I don't have the skills or I'm not a business person or I'm not this. Like what kind of things have you seen in your um, academy over the years? Well, I think the universal mindset issue that most people have is that I'm not enough. Like I'm not enough. You know, we hear Marissa Pierre talk about this in Mind Valley. And I mean, it's just a universal thing. Like everyone at the core if you, it's not dealt with is the, that's the one thing yeah. that could hold you back. And that, I mean, that can translate into a lot of other things because that like splinters off into other things like artists can't make money, creatives. It's hard to make money being creative. Mm-hmm. Creatives aren't business people. You know, I'm not good at business cause I'm creative. It's hard to make money as an artist, like all these things that I think those are the things I think the biggest mindset issues that I've seen with the types of creatives that I've worked with over the years are the mindset about around money. The ones that have a healthy mindset around money actually thrive because in art school, a lot of these, especially in the jewelry, in the jewelry arts programs in a lot of these schools, these designers are, or these makers, I guess is a better word because they're really actually making everything. These, they're sculptors and whatever. They're taught that if they go mass and sell to a mass market, that they're basically selling out. And so the purpose of doing this, this is like a huge this is like the conflict between people who actually run 
jewelry businesses versus studio artists who uh-huh. are want to be art jewelers more. And it could be, it's a huge thing. And it's something that we deal with a lot with the members of our community. And there are people who are to take full on art programs to get an MBA or, or just a BA in, in the arts. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they, they're taught everything that they need to know to improve their skill set, but they're taught nothing. Maybe it's one class at the end of their senior year about selling, marketing their work, how to create a business plan. Not, I don't really, I'm not a huge believer in massive business plans, but a one page business plan, great. Like where you're thinking about, you're t- mm-hmm. they're never really taught to identify a dream client or even a target audience, really. I don't even like wow. target audiences, but that's better than nothing, right? You know, yeah. the things that are so basic in like starting a business. And I'm really of the belief system that that creativity that is inherent in, in every single person in the world. So if you're listening to this and you don't think you're creative, you are creative. It's just your type of creativity that's translated differently. I think a lot of people think of create, creative as artist, but that's creative yes. really is so many different things. I agree. Um, but that creativity is actually what gives you an advantage. Because if you take a look at people who are highly visionary on the visionary spectrum, like myself and you, uh, versus people who are like highly, integ- highly integrators or are high on the implementation scale, Right. Those types of people, their creativity really comes in streamlining operations and systems and like making things work better, right? Or optimizing. Yeah. We're the ones coming up with the ideas that are going to change the world or that are going to change a community or that are going to like make a difference in someone's lives. And they're both valuable. Um, it's just different. But the the fact that I think visionaries and creatives in and of themselves, that is like such a gift, I think, for for yourself and for the world, because that creativity is the one thing that's going to help you get out of all the pinches, solve all the problems, you know, grow your business, think outside the box, do something differently, fuck the rules, like whatever it might be. Right. I love it. So there's definite parallels. I interviewed Nini Marini. Um, (gasps) Yeah. And it was, it was a very creative conversation. And the one thing that really stood out to me, she's like, you know, creativity can be your edge in business because you can approach things differently. We just naturally think outside of the box. And that can be such a great skill set and a great thing when we can learn how to harness that. So um, yeah. And I do think that's interesting. I haven't studied design and that sort of thing, but I know there's definitely the mindset of the starving artist and I can't make, and then there's the whole spiritual thing too, which might be getting like a little off track, but it's like, I can't charge for this. We're all going to have our hangups. That's what it's like to be human. How can we identify it? And then what are some tools we can use to work through it so that we can push that aside Mm -hmm. and just focus on doing what we love and what we're here to do. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> cool. And so, okay, I have another question around ideas. What advice do you have for people who have multiple ideas and they don't know where to start? And I know that you Ooh. recently, I think you did a workshop on this. I did. The workshop was called Align to Ignite. We're actually going to probably tweak the name a little bit to focus and flow to help you get like Ooh. focused and in, into your flow. Yes. Uh, naming doesn't really matter, but it's just more clarity on what it's about. But yeah, I think one of the biggest, um, I mean, I'm guilty. I had to develop this system for myself because I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do this tomorrow. And I'm such a high quick start. I will just start doing something. What ends up happening is you have a lot of half finished projects that never move forward. And it's frustrating for the people that work for you. It's frustrating for yourself. You feel like a failure and like you're not good enough. And then nothing really gets fully fleshed out. This is, I will tell you that this is the one thing that Jason has really 
helping me with in my business, like coaching me with, because we're just going to, we're trying to focus on one thing at a time. And part of this process that I had to develop for myself, which I think is really important uh, for other people who have a lot of ideas because natural visionaries, high quick starts, people who are highly creative, typically, you know, we see this in the jewelry design world with the people who are just beginning as a designer or a maker they like make a bunch of stuff that has does not make any sense from a merchandising perspective. And you're just like, that's not even from the same designer because they're just trying to find their voice and who they yeah. are. Well, that translates in into all types of creatives, all types of visionaries and people in business. And a couple of the things that we've done in my companies to help focus that, like when I'm all over the place and saying, let's do this, let's do that. Let's start the next thing is number one, I have an idea file. And we try to capture the ideas so that I don't... What? I have one of those too. I have an idea folder. I will say I'm feeling so validated talking to you right now. (laughs) So I just need to interrupt. I hope that all everyone else, if you're listening to this and you're a creative person, that like you can feel some inner peace within you to know that you're not alone, (laughs) that that we're we're this way for a reason and it's okay. (laughs) Yep. And the idea, the idea file, really the design of it, it, and it could be anywhere. For us, we have it in Slack and then my project manager will capture it. Uh, I'm going to start using it more. I haven't been using it as much as I should. And it's probably driving my team crazy. Um, the idea file, but it's a way for you to get stuff out of your head and onto, onto paper. So you can have a running notepad. You can have a Google Drive doc or a document whatever works for you. And then you can revisit it. And here's the thing is that a lot of times you come up with these ideas that you think are so brilliant, but they're actually not that good. And (laughs) you'll spend a lot of time if you act really quickly on them doing something that's probably not going to drive you towards your goals. And so that kind of leads to the next step of this, which are filtering questions. Like, Mm -hmm. is this important? Is this going to help me reach my goals in the next 90 days? That's a good filtering question to ask when you have a new idea. If you have a goal of I don't know, building your audience or something like that. Maybe Leanne for you, 20,000 downloads over the next whatever months. I'd love that. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to create all this new stuff that's not going to really build my audience, like a new program or whatever, or or go focus on some other creative project. Well, that's not really moving you closer to your goals in the next 90 days. So you want to be thinking about that. And then I also, I have a secondary question. Not everyone has this, but like, is this going to make me money? Like, you know, yeah. because that's typically one of the things, those are usually the things that bring, mm-hmm. uh, come up with a priority. The next filtering question is like, is this important for me to do right now? And so yes, it might make money over, or it might reach your goals in the next 90 days, but is it important for you to do right now? Is if you take yourself off of what you're currently working on, is that going to be a better use of your time? And then uh, I'm missing one of them, but then the other one, is this important for me to do? And I think that is a key one because a lot of times, and this is really good when you're stuck with a ton of tasks on your to-do list of a bunch of things that you you have to do. It, I've noticed over the years, and I'm guilty of this too, that it's human nature to focus on the easiest things to like actually check totally. off the list as opposed to the ones that are actually going to make a difference. So I am like a master delegator. Like I... Actually, like would delegate everything that I do except for talking, podcasting, and doing some of the fun creative work that I like. If I could, I would delegate everything. Uh, I'm just yeah. not in that position yet. But I do delegate a lot because I notice that it takes me a lot of time. Certain things take me um, 
Oh, this is the other question. I'm going to, I'll bring it back. So is this important for me to do? And then the other one is like, can someone else do it better? So these two are kind of tied together. So for instance, like technology, not really my jam. I know in the beginning, like I had to figure out how to set up like an email funnel and stuff like that. It took me so long that I realized that if I could find a VA who is good at tech, who I could pay, this is um, nine years ago when we started Flourish and Thrive. I found this VA named Peter and he was just a young college student at the time. I paid him $15 an hour. That was like a good rate for him because he was like waiting tables for like nine or something at the time and whatever he was doing, I don't know. And he could get things set up in like 10 minutes that would take me four hours. So there's there's just a like a lot of things that we're just not naturally good at, but it's hard to let go, right? Because we want to have control over things or we're worried that it's going to cost us too much to outsource things. And this is this is definitely a beginner conversation because there is a um, leap of faith that people who are starting out a business have to take when they start investing in outsourcing things that they're not good at. And so I have some tips for that if you want to hear that after. I would love, um, yes, you read my mind. <laughs> yeah. and, and the next part of this is I think it's important for me to do and is can someone else do it better is that there's so many things that if you really break up how you're spending your day and you could attach a dollar amount to it, those things that take like two minutes to do that aren't necessary for you to do, you could probably, this goes back to the same conversation, right? hire someone in the Philippines who could do it for five to $7 an hour, or you could get a, a virtual assistant, like a college student who wants to intern for you to do some of the, I'm calling it remedial work, but like yeah. things that aren't necessary for you to do. And then over time you could start building that. And, and so that your time is spent more on the thousand dollar an hour, um, highly leveraged tasks as opposed to like, oh, I got to get, I mean, I've, I'm doing this right now. We're in the process of hiring two new team members, but they're not fully hired and onboarded yet. So I'm, I've am i been for the last two months posting all of our social media. It is not the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like being contributing in the social media, like developing the content because that's fun, but I'm always late on the posting schedule. It's not posting at an optimal time. Sometimes it's posting on the in the evening on the East Coast because I'm I'm like trying to catch up and get my day going. Like someone else could definitely do that better than me. And I know that, like, I'm, I'm aware of that. And, you know, even if you don't have the um, resources to necessarily bring someone on, just be aware of what those things are that are actually taking you a lot longer than someone else could do. I actually. Yeah. I love that. It's like, again, it's going back, almost keeping a list of all of the little things that you do and then starting to figure out like, okay, what are the ones that someone else could do definitely better? What are the ones that I don't like to do? Um, And then I know I've had these moments over time where you realize it, it can be scary to take that leap of faith. And then when you start to think about it and you're like, okay, so what if it's like five hours a week times, you know, we'll even just say $10 an hour for like, the highly paid Philippines <laughs> so mm-hmm. support because there's all of these services out there. And, um, you know, so that's $50 a week and it's like, Oh, $50 a week. And it would save my sanity and this and that. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're at that beginning level, it can seem daunting, but when you start to break it down, then it's like, okay, $50 a week, like times can be tight. That might still be a lot, but then it's looking at, well, maybe where could I, cut that that money out or maybe you're like oh my god that's amazing i'll get way more support i guess here's my point when we get more specific 
about what we actually need and really look at it, it can become a lot less scary because you realize it's often way more doable than you have it sort of built up in your mind. When you just start to break it down and put pen to paper and write things out, it's like, oh, I can do that. And there's so many services out there. I think that there's a VA company called Magic or something like that. You can have like a whole variety of things done. And there's like a team of VAs who could do a bunch of different stuff for you. So there's so many, so many solutions out there. Like I always say there, there, I think they're still around. I'm not totally sure, but there's this Shopify um, service called Hey Carson. And I had the guy on my podcast a couple of years ago. Um, He has a service where you pay a monthly fee and they have Shopify experts. They're probably, I I don't know if they're domestic or if they're um, based in the Philippines or other places or not, but it's like a really low monthly fee of maybe like $295 a month, which might seem high, but every day you can give them a new task to update your Shopify site. Whereas like it might take you so long to update all the product descriptions or whatever it might be. Like someone else could do that and like, or like you need to like change the like dimensions of your logo and, and insert like all the tech stuff that requires like a little bit of CSS coding or whatever it might be. I suck at that. And even social media, like posting, it takes me so long. I don't understand. I don't get it. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's crazy. I totally understand. So I love that you said you're good at delegating. And when I think of a lot of the successful entrepreneurs, I know they're really great at delegating. And so what advice do you have for people when it comes to starting to let go of that control and being okay with with handing it over and trusting someone else to do it? Well, I have to burst a bubble here. Like there is a chance that when you start delegating that people aren't going to do it as good as you do, but you have to Mm -hmm. decide what the trade-off is. And this is why it's important to document your way of doing things, have like as strong of expectations or guidelines as you possibly can. It's still a work in progress for me. We don't have everything like Mm -hmm. fully documented in a way that I feel someone could just jump in and get it. Right. But there is, but the more that you are refining your processes and uh, downloading your expectations and stuff like that, and you could document those things, the easier it is to bring someone else in. So I think um, the first step of that is to just Start by thinking about like, what are the first things I would like to get off my plate? And typically my recommendation for people are, is anything that is like a minimum wage job or less an hour type of thing. And I say less because as we mentioned earlier, you can outsource to other countries where in those countries, paying someone $5 an hour is actually really good rate. There's no shame around it. I always prefer to hire um, in, in the United States, cause that's where we're, we're based or Canada. Um, but we can't, it's not always, we have a small company. We can't always do that for every single role. So we have two members of our team from the Philippines. One of them has been with me for nine years. The wow. other one has been with me for three or four years. He does more like graphic design and video editing and like our podcast production yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I pay, he charges $15 an hour, which is a lot for the Philippines, but he also has like a more specialized skill set. Yeah. And I have uh, a a full-time virtual assistant who can do almost everything in the company. Um, she's a, more of a generalist. And I think that way, like if you get someone with a broad skill set who can post a blog post, we don't have our post social media because of the VPN stuff. I think it squashes mm-hmm. uh, engagement, yeah. but she schedules stuff on Facebook. She can log in as me. She resp- does all of our customer service. She's doing research 
um, updating our Airtable with links. Like she does everything. And so make a big list of all the things that you want to get off your plate that aren't really helping you grow your business, more of the administrative tasks, and then see what that looks like. Group them into categories of like, okay, this is like one role here. This is another role here. Um, A big mistake that people make is they want to hire someone who can do everything. They want to hire someone who can post on social media, be their salesperson, do customer service, show up at trade shows, make the jewelry or like make the products. Um, You know, that's too broad. So get clear that most people aren't like that. When you're hiring someone who's a trained virtual assistant, they typically typically are more generalists and have a broader skill set. So there you can have them do a lot of different administrative type of stuff. But if you're hiring people to do your social media, get clear that's a marketing position, not a sales job, or it's a marketing position, not a a production assistant job. (laughs) And while you might be able to find unicorns like that, just get clear on what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. And then I would start to think about... um, get really in the mindset of like, if I were to free up this time, what else could I do to make more money in my business and grow the company? Because that allows you, okay, well, this I'm going to take this leap of faith in the hopes that my time is freed up. I could focus more on sales. My time is freed up. I can focus more on marketing. My time is freed up. I could focus more on serving the kinds of people that um, I want to serve, like all the things, right? And so the the more that you can get um, clear on those things, it's going to be helpful. And then I just say, pull the trigger, find a service or hire a virtual assistant and just try it. And there's a lot of virtual assistants out there, especially the ones that are just kind of starting out that will let you buy packages. You can buy 10 hours at a time. And then once it's used, then you buy another package. So you're not committed to this long or, um, this big obligation of having an employee, which I, it's always better to have employees because you have, you can have more control over, I hate to put it this way, but more control over their time and like what they're doing. But in the beginning, contractors are great. We have, I would say the majority of the people that actually uh, contribute to my team are contractors still. For instance, like we have several members who were in our community who actually are doing different roles for me in the company, like community management, but they have a jewelry company. And so it's great because you get someone who understands your programs in the industry. Um, but they're, they're also like, they have their own business. So you're not having to pay employee fees and they're, they're only working like a small amount of hours a week. So there's many roads to getting support and help. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. This is what I love. You're so practical, but you're creative. And so I can see how your creativity really supports you in business because you're like, okay, well, how, how can I do this? And how can I do that? And looking for the different solutions. And I just have to say, cause it's on my mind every time before I do an interview, I shut off my iMessages. I do all of these things. I close it down and it always, I still get calls coming in. I still get, I was looking, I'm like, my phone, everything's turned off and there's nothing open. How does this exist still? I don't know. It's the ad's ghost of like, I'm going to interrupt your interview. <laughs> Do you know what? That's something that I can get someone to help me figure out because I've clearly tried to figure it out many times on my Let me tell you something. There's a little button on the side. I learned this on the yoga when I was a yoga teacher. Just <laughs> it is. That's the crazy thing. This is what I really? literally... Yes, it's totally turned off right now. Like that's the wild thing about all of this. And every single time. It is. Uh, anyways. It's mercury retrograde <laughs> right now. It's mercury retrograde right now. So that might yeah, be. Yeah, that 
Oh God, that damn Mercury. Okay. So I have another question for you. In my successful Instagram creeping, (laughs) I came across a quote. I was just creeping you hardcore. (laughs) I came across a quote and I love this. And I was like, Ooh, I really want to know what advice she has for that. So this was the quote. It says the most successful people don't have knowledge, luck, or special skills that give them an advantage. They ask the right questions. I love that you said this. And I think it's so powerful because it's so easy to compare ourselves to someone and to be like, oh, well, they know this, or they're really great at this, or they're just freaking lucky. They've got like a horseshoe up their ass, whatever it is that we tell ourselves when someone else is, you know what I mean? But, But I think there's asking powerful questions can be the cutting edge. It can be the game changer. And so what advice do you have for people about learning to ask questions? So that is a great quote. And it's a great mantra to live by because here's the thing. I'm not the most talented jewelry designer in the world or like the best coach or any of this stuff. I think one thing that has allowed me maybe some sort of advantage over other people, maybe competitors is being curious. And I think that curiosity is the key to really growing in business Mm -hmm. and becoming a better business person. And after nine years of mentoring and coaching people and getting really into the heads of people who have deep rooted, um, I'm going to say like just mindset challenges is the ones that always thrive are the ones that teach themselves how to ask the right questions. You know, I don't really believe that they're stupid questions, but people, and this, I will put this back on myself too. It's like people sometimes do ask stupid questions that could be easily found on Google and other things. And there are better questions to ask. And I think the biggest uh, disconnect is really exploring and asking internally, like, how can this, how can I use some of the things that I've learned how can I apply this to my business or what can I learn from this situation or what, like, I'm still struggling. All these things are coming down. What is the lesson I need to hear? So I'll give you an example in my own life. There've been many uh, different phases of all of the businesses that I've been in. I'm in a phase for the past year and a half where I hired this business consultant and I met Jason through that person. And some of the recommendations that that person gave me were not actually great recommendations and actually put my company back, um, for a while. And I'll, I'll leave it at that without going in too much depth. And there was a period of time when I kept blaming this person for all the problems in my business until I finally got to this point where I was like, okay, that's a story that I'm telling myself. Yes. The recommendations weren't good. And it, it took a lot of extra time, money, and actually put you in a bad position but what can I learn from this situation? And the lesson that I got from that was really that you have everything that you need. You don't need necessarily need someone else to save you. And I was in a place, and it's the same place that I'm actually in now, where I was really trying to free myself up and free my time up to grow my business. And Jason has gotten me to see this clearly. I kept looking at the solutions being people and so the solutions being like how the business is operating. And what I mean by that is uh-huh. like what can be solved through technology, through once again, systems, through clearer instructions, through streamlining, through um, dialing things in. It's taken me a long time, like almost two years to actually get this lesson. Again, it's not the first time that I had it. 
So I think the more that you can be inquire and be curious, especially when things aren't going the way that you want them to about why that's happening, that will give you so much insight into what to do differently in the future. And there's another quote that I think is sort of tied to this. And it's um, a quote, it's been attributed to a lot of people. I always say Albert Einstein, but yeah. I don't know who the original initiator is, is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And anytime I'm doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, I'm like, oh yeah, this didn't work last time. So why am right. I trying to put a, like a, a <laughs> square peg in a round hole and make this thing work when it's not working? So there has to be a different way. And so this is where your creativity can come in. And this is where asking mm. the right questions and leaning in, like, how can I solve this problem? How can I change? How can I be different? Or, or how can I run my company differently? Whatever it might be. How can I approach this differently than everyone else is to make me stand out as something different than, than the rest of the industry? And that was something that I did really well when I started Flourish and Thrive. Um, there are, I do have competitors now. Uh, I mean, I don't really think of them as competitors, but there are people who coach jewelry designers and makers and lots of people who are doing more general, like coaching on Etsy and product base and stuff like that. When I started Flourish and Thrive Academy and I asked my friend Robin Kramer to, to do it with me, there wasn't anything like this in the jewelry industry. And part of the reason why is because there was a belief system in the jewelry industry that if I share my secrets, I will give away my competitive edge. And if someone knows where I'm sourcing my hang tags or where I'm buying my chain, then, um, or how to, I mean, social media wasn't even a thing back mm -hmm. then, but like, if I give them access to the accounts that I sell to, meaning like share, like provide introductions to those retailers, then uh, I'm going to lose my competitive advantage because it's, it, they were operating out of such scarcity. Like, that's how the industry was really. It, in a way still is kind of mm -hmm. designed. And I wanted to approach it from a place of abundance saying there's enough to go around just because I'm here. doesn't mean that you can't be successful, that we both can't be successful. And I really leaned into this idea of community and collaboration over competition. And that became like our mantra, especially in the early years. And it like literally changed the face of the industry so much so that there were some consultants out there that I literally gave them a run for their money. They probably were working with more higher tiered brands, people who had a lot of investment capital that were launching fine jewelry brands and maybe had some backers and stuff like that. But there have been some articles written about Flourish and Thrive Academy by some of these people saying, I wish I would have had the idea to actually have a more leveraged business model and do it in a different way. And I've learned a lot from that. And so I think that that's something that can be really powerful because the more that you can ask yourself the right questions or ask others good questions and not dumb questions. And I don't really think there was any dumb questions, but you know, how do I hook up my Clavio uh, yeah. automated I, sequence? That is something that's so easily Googleable. It's not even worth you asking someone else because it's going to take you so much longer to find out in totally. a community than it is to just Google it and go to their help desk yeah, or hire someone who is a Clavio expert to do it for you. You know what yeah. I mean? So like the better questions are like, how can I increase my marketing conversions? That's a better question. What do I need to do in order to do that? And you know, that way it gets you thinking of in like a solutions mind space, right? Of, yeah. of growing and growth. I 
I love that. I got chills all over when you're like, I did things differently. I'm just waiting for the next thing. I mean, I have this idea. I'm not ready to announce it yet. My next like doing things differently. And it's going to be like a camp for entrepreneurs. I'm really excited about it. I love it. It's starting like even with young entrepreneurs, people, kids, because I want to work with kids, but then also uh, work with established entrepreneurs to help them. So you might start to look older. Like that's like really my passion project. It's going to be the next thing is coming soon, Leanne. And I hope. Okay. Keep me posted. Keep me posted. But I love how you said community and collaboration over competition. And you just have such an abundance mindset and everything that you shared on this episode today was so generous of you to share. And I just so appreciate you showing up and taking time out of your day. I know that you have so much on the go and I appreciate you having this conversation and sharing everything you did with the Glojo community. It's such a treat. I know for me, I've received some great reminders and I'm going to keep moving forward with my SOPs and I'm going to have fun with them. I'm going to get excited. Maybe I'll put on some music and have some wine and just record what goes on up here and just keep the process going. It was a good conversation. Yeah, I'm so thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. It's just great to connect with you. You're welcome. And I have a surprise. One minute. It's a very let's see. Let's see. What is this? I know. I've got a couple funny little things. We'll see. It, it, it sometimes when it flows, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to ask this. And I was actually going to ask you. So you're, I think you're like psychic or we're, you're re, we're reading each other's minds, but I was going to ask what's a creative project that's really exciting you these days. Um, and you shared this thing, but is there anything else? Is there anything else that you're really excited about and how is your creativity flourishing? Flourishing and thriving. That's no, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how's your how's your creativity flourishing and thriving at the Flourish and Thrive Academy dot com? That's our jingle right there. Yeah. Um, so I am really excited. So I'm I am launching this thing for entrepreneurs. I don't know when it's going to go live. I'm, I'm trying to free up my time to actually work on the project, yeah. but I'm hoping to have some space this summer. And I'm hoping that the first I'm going to say event is going to be in person in October. So awesome. I'm just putting it out there. I can't guarantee it, but that's what I'm aiming for. Um, but I'm not going to really announce it until it's actually ready to go. The other thing that I'm really excited about is that my book, The Desire Brand Effect, is coming out in the fall this year, my my first book. And this has been like a three-year work in progress. I started it literally in like 2018. And then we tried to launch it the first time in 2019. Then I'm like, no, 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 it's not ready. And it's a completely different book now. But The Desire Brand Effect methodology is is the methodology that I teach in Flourish and Thrive Academy. And it's exciting because it will be like one of the, I'm, I'm shooting for one of the top books for jewelry brands who are trying to launch a jewelry company or even like just grow their jewelry company. So I'm excited about that. And I think more than anything, honestly, just streamlining my businesses, like that sounds so boring, but it's exciting to me because that means I get more free time and more creative time. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I got chills on my arms now too. They've moved up to the arms. I'm excited for your book. (laughs) I didn't know you were writing that. That is so exciting. Keep me posted. And I'd love to spread the word on that for you. So I have these cards. They're called Create the Love Cards. They're curated questions designed to spark meaningful communication and strengthen relationships. So I want to pull a card and then we can both answer it. Sometimes they're saucy, like they can be a little spicy, um, and sometimes they're deep. And so are you ready? Yeah, let's see. It's not too hard. Okay. Are you tell me when to stop? Stop. Okay. And do you want me to grab from the top? 
the bottom, the middle, or just any middle, always the middle. Okay. It's funny. I don't usually ask that, but for me, okay. So the question is, when was the last time you cried and why? Saturday night, I cried. Um, Jason and I were uh, sitting out on the porch, having kind of like a date night, doing some, we do these kind of connection times where we do some deep personal work. And I was getting into a negative mind space, to be honest with you, about Mm -hmm. some things that I feared coming up in my business. And um, it, it, it felt like it was like a time for me to shed that belief system. And so the tears were really about like shedding the old me mm-hmm. and then stepping into what I'm trying to become. And without getting too specific, it's just, uh, it was, it's yeah. kind of personal stuff, but it was really about dealing with my belief system. Like I'm not good enough. Like the, everyone, mm-hmm. at the same, we all have the same yep, we do stories that run deep. And, you know, there are other stories that I feel are sort of ingrained, like I'm not a good boss or you know, uh, I'm going to be abandoned by people and stuff like that. And so these are all things that we were, we were working on kind of in that moment. And it was actually quite freeing because Jason was like, I was getting this energy of like that Dia de los Muertos thing, you know, like when people mm, put the paint yes. on their face and, yes. like, and then all of a sudden like that dropped. And then I could see you for who you are, like this goddess kind of mm-hmm. You know, it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, sometimes these are, they're not always like fun. Sometimes, sometimes. So thank you for sharing that. And isn't it interesting how he was like, I saw that drop and like the goddess within was revealed. It's attractive when we're vulnerable. Yeah. You know, like there's something to just being real and how beautiful to be with someone who can hold that space for you. Um, I love it. I know. So, I know for me, I was like, oh, it was last Tuesday. Then I'm like, no, wait, it was Friday. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a big what crier over cry here. Honestly, it was personal stuff as well. Um, but I'll share. I was talking with one of my really good friends and it had been a long time since we had one of those deeper conversations. And I just had, I had a lot of comparison going on and I had a lot of can I actually do things a new way? I feel like I've been on the cusp and this week I've had so many breakthroughs and I'm like, yes, I can do this a new way. And I did do it a new way and I'm on the other side of it. But when we talked, I was in the in the thick of it, really questioning myself and feeling stuck and wanting to follow my old pattern. And I'm so grateful for having this conversation because she's like, but wait, you know, you don't want to do that anymore. And I was like, I know, but I feel like I have to. And it was just amazing to talk through. And we're like, but there's got to be an easy solution. And it was really great questions. And we were going back and forth. And all of a sudden I'm like, aha, I've got it. And then there was tears of joy. And then everything this week has continued to go flow really, really beautifully. And vision has come, it's manifested. It's I'm like, yes, I did it. I'm paving a new way. But yeah, I think it was just that decision point and feeling like, oh, can I really do it a new way? (laughs) So I um, love it. You yeah. can do anything in a new way. I'm I'm figuring out a new way. Like we're yeah. got this. Yeah. Well, I always love talking to you. Let's talk more. It's so fun. Um, and have a wonderful day. And for everyone listening, I'll make sure that I link to all of Tracy's incredible things going on on social media and her website. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks, Leanne. <laughs> Wasn't that a great episode? 
I absolutely loved it. I was taking a lot of notes and I'm really excited to share the top seven glow notes, aka the takeaways from the conversation that I had with Tracy. So are you ready? If you haven't already, get out your notebook, get out a journal or open up the notes on your phone or open up something on your computer wherever you take notes. Get ready because here we go. Glow note number one, start to create systems and processes. So creating systems and processes, especially for creatives, it can seem daunting, it can seem boring, it can seem like a waste of time. But here's the thing, the more you can actually document your thought process and what you do and how you do it and why you do it, the easier it's going to be for you to get help and to get support so that you can remove yourself from the day-to-day operations and focus more on things that really fuel you up and things that are going to grow the business. Glow note number two, create an ideas file. And so I have an ideas folder, as I mentioned in the episode, this is a game changer. If you're a creative person, or if you consider yourself a visionary, chances are you receive ideas all the time. And while this can be exciting, it can also be overwhelming. It can be daunting. It can be distracting. And so create a system for you. Again, going back to the systems, create a place where you can record all of the different ideas that come to mind so that you can revisit them at a later date. By doing this, you're still capturing the idea but you're allowing yourself to stay focused on the task at hand and what needs to be done right now rather than getting derailed. Glow note number three, ask yourself the following filtering questions to help you decide what to focus your attention on first. Filtering question number one, is this going to help me reach my goals in the next 90 days? This is a great filtering question because so often it's the shiny object syndrome and you want to do the next exciting thing that comes around, but it might actually distract you from from making the progress that you really want to make in your business. The second filtering question, is this going to make me money? This can help you prioritize all the different ideas that are coming to mind so that you know what to focus on first. The next filtering question is, is this important for me to do right now? If the answer is yes, well, that's pretty self-explanatory, but I know for me, oftentimes the answer is no, it's actually not important for me to do right now. And it really is a big old distraction. And so that's just a great question to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to move you over to the side and um, pause you for a minute. Okay. So on to the last filtering question, if there's kind of two questions in one. So the first question is, is this important for me to do? Because there are a lot of things that I believe truly need to come from you as a creative, as a business owner, as someone who has this idea that they're getting off the ground, but there's a lot of things that you actually don't need to do. And so is this important for me to do? The next question, and I absolutely love this, and this is where I'm really living at personally right now, is can someone else do it better than me? There are so many things that a lot of people can do way better for me. It can be the simplest task, but it'll take me such a long time because it's just outside of my skill set. And so being able to really ask, like, one, is it important for me to do? Two, can someone else do it better? It'll really help you narrow down what you should be focusing your time on. 
Okay, glow note number four, outsource. Don't be afraid to outsource. There are so many incredible outsourcing services out there. And again, once you figure out what someone else can do better or what's not important for you to do, you can start to find support. And oftentimes it is a lot more doable than you realize. And it's a lot more affordable than you realize. And you don't need to hire employees. There's contractors and freelancers and all of these services out there that can make it really easy for you to just take the pressure off in some ways. Glow note number five, delegate. This is piggybacking on what we've just talked about, outsourcing, filtering questions. And so if you're not seeing the trend here, I'm just going to say it again. Don't be afraid to delegate. It can be scary because it means you're letting go of control and people aren't always going to do it exactly how you would do it, or somebody might not do something as well as you, but it is going to provide freedom. And if we're going back to, you know, glow note number one, creating systems and processes, When you have those in place, it's a lot easier for you to delegate and to get support. Glow note number six, be curious. I absolutely love this. Curiosity is one of my values. I think it's so important to ask questions and to think about things from different perspectives, to put ourselves in the shoes of someone else, all those things. And so when you can be curious and when you can learn to ask, I'd say strategic questions that are really going to help you growing the way that you're looking to grow, you're going to open so many new doors that you never even knew existed. Last but not least, glow note number seven, embrace community and collaboration over competition. I absolutely love that Tracy has really been a trailblazer in her industry. And I think that Her success is a representation of what can happen when we come from a place of abundance versus a place of scarcity. When we come from a place of wanting to connect with other people and build a community and have that support system, you know, lift as we rise and then to collaborate and to share what's working well for you versus trying to keep it all sort of tight to ourselves. That's why I absolutely love this final glow note. Embrace community and collaboration over competition. I don't believe you need to have a business to do this. I think this is something that we can all apply to different areas of our life. So start to think, how can you collaborate more with others? Maybe it's your family, your partner, your friends, your community. And what can you do to be a community builder and a community leader? And how can you come from a place of abundance versus a place of scarcity? So. That wraps up our glow notes for this episode, which means the episode is coming to an end. Thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen. If we haven't connected on Instagram, go follow me at Leanne Kalal and let me know. DM me. What did you love about this episode? As I mentioned to begin with, I also have a newsletter now. So make sure you go to www.theglojo.com and get on my newsletter where I will send weekly updates about the podcast and a bunch of other things. I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks for tuning in and bye for now. Mm-hmm.